1: hi hello sweet listeners and welcome back to the in the meadow podcast i'm your host victoria otherwise known as vic in the meadow in all my corners of the internet and happy hallow weekend if you are listening the weekend this is posted it is currently thursday as i'm recording this i have no idea what the number date is because i have been sick and just in my own world but it is the thursday right before the Sunday that this is going up, so I am trying to get myself into full Halloween mode. This is the part of the podcast where I kind of catch up on what's going on in my personal life and everything before we get into that topic. As you can tell from what I just said, I have been bogged down with bugs after bug throughout the past week and a half, I think, since I last recorded. And unfortunately, tis the season. I was pretty lucky I dodged the back-to-school germs in September, and I've been just doing a little bit too well. Anyone else that lives with an autoimmune condition knows, you know, if you if you go more than a month feeling a little too good it just gets a bit suspicious so queue up like a week and a half ago i came down with a bug probably like actually i might have already been sick last time i recorded i can't remember and wasn't feeling great whatever finally started feeling better last week. So last Friday, I decided, you know, I'm feeling well enough. My mom and I had marked down on our calendars that there was a library sale happening. I've never been to a library sale. And I was like, oh, I bet there's going to be some good prices on these freaking books. If y'all know me, I love books, but I don't love paying full price for books. It's not in my budget with how much I read. So anyways, we go down to the library sale. And in my head, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was like, let's go Friday right when it opens. I'm like, we'll get the best selection of books. It'll be quiet. It was, in fact, Not quiet at all. Everyone had the same idea as me, and there was a lot of elderly people as well. And I think they're just like naturally early risers. I don't know. And I was like, it's a Friday. Like, aren't people at work? But I think ever since the pandemic, a lot of people work from home and have flexible jobs. Anyhow, the library sale itself was awesome. I'll talk about that in a second, maybe. But it was packed. It was packed, and immediately I was like, I am so stupid. Why didn't I bring a freaking mask? So I didn't know the setup and it's like tables with the books laid out on them and everyone's just like, like there was no, you were shoulder to shoulder getting to know the people next to you looking at the tables. Anyways, long story short, I picked up a a bug while I was there. Luckily it's passing now, but it took me out pretty much this whole week. Just a really gnarly head cold. And again, anyone else with autoimmune conditions knows that what might be a minor cold that someone else can kind of push through and work through, we cannot. Knocked me right out on my ass. I have been resting a lot this week, but circling back to the library sale, I'm glad I was healthy enough to go because I ended up finding, I think it was 15 books, the majority of which were hardcover. And I think I paid, what did I equal up to? 35? $35, it was $3 for hardcovers and $2 for paperbacks. I'm like, I got some good finds. I got some Taylor Jenkins reading, Malibu Rising and Carrie Soto is back. Strikes back, I don't know, the tennis one. I found some Riley Sager thrillers, which I'm not sold on his writing, but you know, I'm still, I'm still gonna keep trying. Paris Apartment, which I've heard is good. Jane Goodall book, some books, like fictional books about rescue dogs. I love books about dogs. Ever since my dog died, I love reading about dogs. Anyways, I found a ton of good books. And so I paid, I believe it was $35 Canadian. And obviously books have, you know, their recommended sell price on them. And I added up the cover prices, $360 worth of books I got for $35. Incredible, incredible. That was pretty much the only thing that's new in my life this week. Aside from therapy, you know, I am in ERP therapy for OCD right now and emetophobia. And it's going well. I started exposures this week. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this since I know we want to get into the spooky vibes, but for those interested, quickest of updates, I started exposures this week after three weeks of assessment. And again, I'm not gonna get into details because I know some people struggle with emetophobia and don't want to hear about it, but I did some really hard shit. And it was the easiest of the hard shit because you start at the lowest of triggers and work your way up every week. But I did it. It was scary, but by the end it wasn't scary. And that's really big. And my homework is every day re-looking at those triggers to make sure that I am still habituating to them and learning to tolerate them. Yeah, so far, so good, which is Really emotional for me because this is something that has and does control my life a lot. And I'm just hopeful to think that maybe one day I will be able to live my life the way that I want to. I know it's vague. I'll do a whole episode one day when I'm at a better place on my experience with ERP since I know for me at least I wish there was more resources from people I knew around it. But yeah, trucking along, trying to take care of myself, both physically and mentally. The world is still a dumpster fire. It is so, so scary just existing. So I'm trying to stay offline a little bit. But it's hard. It is hard. And I think a lot of us are feeling that. And here in southern Ontario, the grey months are definitely starting. The trees are beautiful shades of red and orange and yellow, but it it be rainy. It be rainy, y'all. We are not getting much nice natural sunlight these days and I can just feel it creeping in on my mental health, which, hey, that's why we talked about seasonal affective disorder last week, but it's tough. So I have one more thing that I just remembered that I wanna talk about that I did this weekend, which I don't know, kind of transitions us into the Halloween talk that I wanna talk about, but that is that this past weekend, While I was still feeling well, my partner and I drove out to a pet cemetery. Might sound a little weird to some of y'all, but I received a book from my Amazon wishlist from someone very, very kind after Booth had passed away called Good Grief on Loving Pets Here and Hereafter, I think. I'm not positive. It's in my Books and Pet Grief highlight on Instagram, though. And it was like the best book I read personally after Boo had passed away that really just interviewed different people in the pet memorial world. And the author had traveled to a bunch of pet cemeteries across America and I think some across the world. Anyway, she just talked about how nice it was to connect and see other people who care so deeply about their pets. There were some like celebrity pets in the pet cemeteries that she had seen. I had always remembered growing up in Southern Ontario that... When we would go to the beach or, you know, we're out driving in the country, I remember in my head passing a sign for a pet cemetery and always thinking like, that's so interesting and being like is anyone allowed to just like go to those it was always in the back of my mind and then when i read this book it jogged my memory on that i knew i needed to wait until i was in the right headspace to go and visit and me and my partner rent but one day if we have the privilege of owning a home i've talked about how i really want to get a headstone or memorial stone made for boo and not something that i would want to put in a pet cemetery but i was like what better place to go Look and get ideas of what other people are doing for their pets. Because I was like, are people getting like full-on like headstones like they would for a human? Because obviously that's very expensive as well. Which is, I wanted to know. I wanted to see what this was all about, and I also wanted to visit some people's animals. Because I was like, you know what? This place has been around since I think it's in the '70s, and there's probably a lot of people whose pets are there whose owners have passed away as well now. And I love going for walks in cemeteries. That was my favorite place to walk, Boo, and his favorite place because they were so quiet and just visiting gravestones, appreciating interesting last names, interesting artwork on the headstones, giving them a little clean off, picking up some litter, and I think it's a really nice way to pay respect and visit these beautiful, expensive headstones that people buy, and so I thought... How cool to go do this for people's animals. It was so, so neat. This one that we went to was in the middle of freaking nowhere. Like we drove an hour in country roads through Amish country to get to this random little pet cemetery. It was also just like a beautiful, very cold, but crisp fall day. The tears were a-flowing. I took one or two pictures and I think I'm going to save them to my pet grief highlight on Instagram so that if you're listening, or maybe the I'll put them in the podcast or the pet grief highlight. I'm not sure yet. Depends where it feels right going. I took a few photos of some headstones because the biggest thing for me that got me really emotional was, you know, reading some of these headstones and just seeing how much other people do understand what I was and still am going through with the grief of losing Boo. Some of these headstones were fancier than ones I see in the human cemeteries like they costed some serious coin beautiful pictures of the animals on them and there was also lots of small ones as well but it was just so nice and so nice that so many of them had pictures on them that you could put a little face to the name it was also so fun seeing all the silly little names there was a cat named crackers just lots of like joy that it brought to us and the tears were like a mix of sad happy just the Very intimate things that people wrote on these headstones and the nicknames and the love and the, you know, until we meet again at the Rainbow Bridge and just all of the feels. That was something we did this past week that was really beautiful and something I have on my list now where if I ever travel that, you know, maybe I'll look up some pet cemeteries. It sounds weird for the people that get it, you get it. But if you have a pet cemetery near you, or if you don't know if you do... I would recommend looking it up because it was really, really special and nice. And there was dogs, cats, bunnies, birds, horses, so many different pets and beloved furry family members. Now, that about wraps up what I got up to this week. I haven't felt super in the Halloween mood just because I've been sick and stressed trying to reschedule things with work. Being sick when you're self-employed also, like you don't get paid, you don't have paid sick days, so it's just been a little stressful, but I'm hoping this weekend I can get into the Halloween weekend mood. I wanted to start out this episode by kind of reflecting back on the nostalgia around Halloween as a kid, and I was born in 1996, so I would say, you know, I'm a late 90s, early 2000s kid that experienced Halloween in that time period. I think that was kind of the last time period of Halloween at its peak. I think it's changed a lot as our world and technology has changed and it was like the period of time where you could just still really be a kid and everyone celebrated Halloween. Everyone obviously nuanced, collectively there was a lot of hype and fun for kids around Halloween. Even now, I love to go onto YouTube and type in 90s Halloween commercials or early 2000s Halloween commercials and watch like an hour compilation of just all of the commercials around Halloween time that would air on TV for, you know, Halloween special treats or Pizza Hut would have their special Halloween commercial. I was saying that really just made me crave Pizza Hut. Anyhow, it is just very nostalgic and fun to do that. So if you also grew up around that time period, I highly recommend going into YouTube or if you're like 80s, right, whatever it might be, whatever decade, type in that with commercials for Halloween on YouTube and see what you can find and relive some of that super Fun, spooky nostalgia. Because I don't really see that anymore in advertising. And, you know, social media itself is a whole shopping channel, basically. I think now as an adult, I'm seeing, you know, other content from women in their 20s and 30s. Their fun Halloween or autumnal finds. I love the classic, like, capitalist, big company Halloween commercials that they used to produce. Now, I don't have cable anymore. I know a lot of us don't. I use a couple streaming services, but you know you don't really get commercials on there. So I feel like I'm just lacking that from my life right now. But I'm curious if anyone does have cable. Like, do Halloween commercials still exist? Are they advertising, you know, like the Count Chocula, Cocoa Puff cereals on TV around Halloween? So curious. On that note, like TV, as a kid around Halloween time was just. The best. In general, all the Halloween movies, right? Like here in Canada, we had Family Channel, which was similar to Disney Channel in America. Seeing, you know, Friday night, 8 p.m., Halloween Town. Sunday morning, you wake up and it's Twitches and then Halloween Town Marathon. Mom's got a date with a vampire, fan of the Megaplex. All the good I even remember like Halloween week, waking up before school and watching the Halloween themed episodes of different TV shows on TV in the morning and after school. My favorite still is the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody episode. And I think this was Halloween episode, right? Where they go up to the hotel room with Esteban and they're doing like a seance and Esteban is just having a time with their little seance. my God, so much fun. If you don't know too, if you have the Disney plus subscription, Go to their Halloween collection and you can scroll down and you can find all of the old, like, Hannah Montana, Sweet Love Second Cody, Wizard of Waverly Place, Kim Possible, whatever. All the Halloween episodes, they have, like, a little section for it. So you don't have to go digging. They're right there, all there for you. And I think that might be what I'm going to watch with lunch after I'm done recording this because that Sweet Life of Zack and Cody episode is calling my name. That was just always the best way to start around the school day. It's popping on, you know, Nickelodeon, Family Channel, whatever it might have been with the Halloween themed episodes. And Even school back then, like around that period of time was just so much fun. And I don't know if they do this in schools anymore, but you know, I remember everyone would dress up in their school appropriate Halloween costumes. It'd be like the Halloween, Halloween party where you're dressing up, you've got your chips, your little cups of pop, Halloween themed coloring pages, sometimes even like a Halloween dance at lunchtime in the gymnasium. You get to watch like a little Halloween movie or show, whatever, magic school bus special. The whole day just felt so, so fun. And I think it's just that joy of getting to be a kid, which I, I just don't know if kids nowadays really have that, especially in the city. Anyhow, I'm not sure if more rural areas maybe differ, but just with social media, the pressure to grow up so fast, to look a certain way, to be cool, is so, so heavy on these kids. And I just want everyone to be able to experience the Halloweens that we experienced as kids and just the general vibes around town. Like I grew up in a small town and everyone used to decorate their houses and their yards for Halloween and not just like autumn, Where you know you've got the hay bales and the pumpkins, Halloween, and that shit was scary. It was like a competition: who could scare the shit out of the neighborhood kids the most. Oh, and people would, you know, the adults would like dress up to scare you when you knocked at their door. You'd be trick or treating, and the teenagers with their creepy masks would be going and scaring the little kids. And like that was okay at the time, kind of like a rite of passage. I feel like I know my friends and I wouldn't want to stay out trick or treating too, too late because then, like, I don't know, we were nervous about the teenagers. And how rowdy and creepy they would get running around scaring kids. Like in a fun, not traumatic way. Biggest concern at that period in time was, you know, checking your kid's candy for razor blades, which like, why was that such a concern? I don't know. Did anyone ever actually find razor blades in their kid's candy? Very curious. I feel like that's more of a genuine concern nowadays with all the weirdness and mental health issues and addiction issues in this world. But... It was it was just like an ongoing thing for a couple decades, I feel like, of like, check your kids' candy for razor blades. Somewhere along the way, I think that kind of died out. And now, unfortunately, it's like, check your kids' candy for fentanyl. Which I think just really speaks to the changes and everything that we've had in this world. And I think that's why so many of us, kind of like millennials, I guess maybe some Gen Z, live in such a nostalgic world for our childhood when things just seemed simpler and I'm not saying they were simpler but maybe they just seemed a little bit easier anyway circling back to and I know a lot of this is like very fueled by capitalism but just the stuff that like everyone in suburbia had for example I don't see these much anymore if ever, the orange bags with jack-o'-lantern faces on them that people would stuff their leaves in and put by the edge of the road, decorate their yard with. Can we bring those back? Whatever happened to those? Because those were so fun. And as a kid, it was like, you know, for me, at least part of my chores to help my parents rake up some of the leaves and stuff the bags. And I don't know, I feel like that just kind of made it fun. I don't know if people have those anymore though. Like I was saying, I kind of cut myself off just all the like scary Halloween decorations. And my family used to do similar to what we do around Christmas time when you drive around all the fancy houses with the Christmas decorations is drive around and find all the big houses that do the big Halloween displays. I will say now in adulthood where I live, there's a house very close to me that has multiple of those like six, they've gotta be taller than six foot, 12 feet I think they are. Skeletons from Home Depot and the huge inflatables and they go all out. And every year I love going out of my way to drive past that house to soak in all the Halloween vibes. My clients actually was telling me too that there's some website where you can look up and it's like a map where it tells you all the houses that like go all out for Halloween. You can drive by and see their decorations. So I don't know if that exists elsewhere in this crazy, crazy world, but maybe it's something you should look up because I think it's fun on Halloween weekend or Halloween so go on a little self-guided tour go seek out the spooky decorated houses that just go that extra mile that was always like the perfect precursor to halloween oh my god and the halloween treats and snacks so how we were talking about the commercials what they were advertising all these fun halloween versions of snacks you know it's was such a marketing scheme and you know what it worked i am talking about the frosted chocolate fudge Halloween Pop-Tarts, Count Chocula cereal, Ghoul Aid, the Halloween Kool-Aid, the Captain Crunch Halloween ghost version that turned the cereal milk green, the Halloween Kids Cuisine with the ghost-shaped chicken nuggets. Can't forget the pumpkin-shaped craft dinner. I think craft dinner might still do some seasonal fun, but in general it was just like a different time of Halloween And marketing and food and I don't know, just like bringing joy to kids. It's very small things, but it's things that I very much remember from my childhood. And maybe it's because I don't go in-person grocery shopping anymore. I do click and collect to save money so I don't impulse buy. But like, does that exist on the same scale anymore as it did when we were kids. And like, let me be sp- like clear here. My mom didn't buy me half of that stuff because it was expensive, but it was just fun. It was just fun to appreciate. Or if you went to a friend's house and they did have the fun Halloween edition of said snacks to get to indulge a little bit. I think that kind of putting those little things on a pedestal was what made Halloween so fun as a kid. Similar to going trick-or-treating with your pillowcase, of candy and when you get the can of pop or the full-size chocolate bar the excitement that that would bring that you hit the freaking jackpot you were going to remember that house for next year which now as an adult i'm like wow we really held these houses to a standard year after year but those were the cool houses and especially in my neighborhood at least i don't know you know nowadays how many kids go trick-or-treating but Everyone was going trigger treating, and it was okay to go trigger treating older as well. So, I'm like, man, those houses must have been spending a fortune on these freaking chocolate bars and pops. It's funny I say that actually, because one of my friends had texted me that her husband insisted that this year they hand out full size chocolate bars because, you know, his business is doing well. They've got their own kids, so they won't even be home to hand them out. Their uh, sister's going to, but she was like, we are gonna be that family. And she went to Costco and she got the chocolate bars and she sent me a picture. And I said, Bethany, how much did that cost? (laughs) And I believe she said like $260, which is insane. But you know what? They are going to be the legends of their neighborhood for years to come for doing that for the kids. And I respect the hustle. That was my favorite kind of houses to trick or treat at as a kid. Anyways, the magic of Halloween just feels a little bit different now, I guess, as an adult, obviously. But I try to make the best of it. And again, I'm someone that doesn't have kids, so I know people with kids, maybe they're reliving their dreams by taking them trick-or-treating, dressing up. I love when I see parents dressing up or like family costumes, so fun. For me, it looks different because we don't even get trick-or-treaters at my place. I wish we did. For me, I still like to book the day off of work. It's such a like fun, cozy day for me. I love Halloween. I still like to set out that space to make it feel fun fun. And special. Also, don't like driving on Halloween. I remember from a very, very young age, my mom said we do not leave the house after dark on Halloween because just the risk of kids running into the road and accidents. She said no, no, no. And that stuck with me through adulthood. So I say, No, 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 I'm not driving on Halloween. And Halloween is on a school night this year. Unfortunate for the kids. For me and my ass will be parked at home hopefully with a box of Halloween candy. Maybe a pizza if I'm feeling a little wild. For me, I like to pop on some Halloween movies. Personally, I like to watch The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown on Halloween because I think it just, again, brings back those nostalgic vibes. It's very, it's just, it's giving Halloween for me. So I like to do that every year. I also already have in my fridge, I'm saving them for Halloween day, the Pillsbury Pumpkin Sugar Cookies. You know, you know, I know a lot of people make them all throughout October. I save it as my special little treat for Halloween day to just, again, really bring in those festive feelings. I also have written down on my little cheat sheet here, a little cemetery walk, which we already talked about at the start of the episode. And again, it's not so much in the spooky way as I think it is just the different cultural meanings around Halloween. You know, I know here in North America, at least it's very sponsored by capitalism. But if we look at different kind of, celebrations around the world or like the day of the dead a lot of cultures actually kind of bridge that gap towards caring for the deceased and not to say that I practice any of the I'm not a religious person for me I think it's nice to like I said go to your local cemeteries give them a little tidy up especially because there's there's always those rotten egg kids who go and just make a mess vandalize think that it's fun to do weird shit in cemeteries I don't know so i like to go and give them a little tidy up pay my respects visit some graves and usually cemeteries have lots of trees so you can also just appreciate the nice autumn color so if you're listening to this on the halloween sunday and you're like i don't know what to do maybe get out for a little cemetery walk it's usually quiet nice highly recommend something else on my list for this weekend i think i might have mentioned this before but my budget has been a little tight As of recent, so pumpkins and mums were not in the budget this year. And I I usually, they bring you so much joy. I love to decorate my porch with them, but it's expensive, you know? So I'm thinking this weekend maybe we'll go out and we will treat ourselves and buy a pumpkin from the grocery store or Walmart, where they're the cheapest. And I kind of wanna try painting a pumpkin this year. I've seen a lot of that on TikTok. I am not very good at carving. Ever since my elbow injury and elbow surgeries, I have very poor stability in that arm and using it to even cut like my dinner sometimes can really hurt my ligament that had snapped in there. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll try painting one. I don't want to paint one like in memory of Boo. Do like a little Boo, paint his name on it, maybe some little ghosties around it. But we'll also see. We'll see if that's in the budget and the energy that I have this weekend. But I think that... Carving pumpkins, painting pumpkins is a super fun uh, thing to do for Halloween and something that also brings back the nostalgia. Because as a kid, I was always either painting or carving pumpkins either by myself or with my parents, depending what age I was. But I've got lots of pictures of very interesting looking pumpkins throughout the years. And on my day off, I'm also thinking, you know, maybe I'll make a little pumpkin loaf. I tried making one in September with some pumpkin puree, and the recipe wasn't great. But I'm like, you know what, maybe it's a good time to try another recipe, make a little pumpkin loaf, probably go out and treat myself. I think I've got some stars saved up to get a free drink from Starbucks to a little iced pumpkin spice latte with pumpkin cream cold foam decaf. That is my favorite Starbucks fall drink. And I haven't got a lot this season because I've been trying to only go to Starbucks when I have Visa points that I can convert to Starbucks points to get free Starbucks because it is once again, not in my budget. Not everyone's budget can account for a sweetie little treat and treating yourself. As much as uh, the internet likes to convince people that's okay to do, it's also okay to recognize that that's not in your budget and that's actually not okay to do. And I would rather have my Dr. Pepper at home than dig myself into debt. That is why I like to use my points for special occasions to get myself a little treat. So ice pumpkin spice latte should be in the cards for my Halloween morning. Oh, Another one I forgot to mention, aside from Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin, I like to do Hubie Halloween with Adam Sandler on Halloween because it is just the most Halloween-y movie. It's slapstick, silly Adam Sandler comedy. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. And I love it. Aside from being sick the past week or so though, I have really been enjoying Spooky Season. And if some of you saw my, I think it was on YouTube, I posted a little video and I posted... I think maybe a TikTok as well with my fall Halloween TBR. But for those that read, I wanted to give you a really quick brief update on the hits of my Halloween reads. I'm gonna skip the misses because that's not worth talking about too, too much. First one that I highly recommend is Cackle by Rachel Harrison. This book was so, so fun. It was in the horror section, but it's definitely not like horror scary. To me, it's kind of like contemporary literature like a yeah i don't know cuz it's not it's not romance it's about two women who form a friendship this one woman is going through a breakup moves to a small town gets a job meets this woman who has very witchy qualities she's very majestic Looking from the description, I was picturing like some kind of Stevie Nicks magical witchy woman and their friendship is forming. She's like wondering if she's a witch. I'm not going to spoil too much, but the book follows the friendship between these two women. There's no spin-off romances in it. It is just super beautiful. And I don't know. I was like, wow, I've just been lacking books about female friendship in my life. And it is very much giving autumnal Kind of spooky if you're if you don't like spiders, maybe it might not be the book for you, but I think it paints them in a cute light. Just really spooky vibes. Next book that I really loved and recommend for not necessarily Halloween but fall season is Guelph by Larry McDougal. And this is kind of like a picture book per se. It really highlights the art, and I picked it up in the fantasy section of the bookstore because the cover art was so stinking cute with these woodland creatures dressed up as you know farmers and bookshop owners and tea shop owners the book is really interesting the author used to write D novels for a, ch- a large chunk of his life and said that they started getting too violent and he's you know older gentleman now so now he's got this little guelph book and he's got a sequel coming out that's like a picture book but the book is written as a guidebook to guelph guelph is the geographical region where there's you know the rabbits the raccoons otters written as a guidebook to this mystical mythological place where it's walking you through your journey into Guelph and the B&Bs that you could stay at the farmers markets that you can go to what the different creatures and breeds do and specialize in art was just so beautiful it was such a cozy cute sweet read and i highly recommend that if you're just looking for like cozy vibes going into fall and winter. Next one on my list that I really loved was In the Company of Witches by Aurelie Wallace. And this one has been going off on TikTok this year and last year. And it is a cozy mystery. And I think cozy mysteries don't get enough representation in the Book world in general, but it was just so, so much fun. It follows this one woman and she's a widow. Like this book also touched on the topics of grief. Like it went, it was just so much more than I expected. But her and her family are witches, and they run a BNB, and a local guest turns up dead, murdered seemingly one morning at the BNB. Doesn't look very good on the family. So the Main character and her family are going out to try and clear their names and figure out what the heck is going on. Deals with town drama and healing throughout this family of witches and their interconnectedness throughout life and family and the murder i really really enjoyed it more than i thought i would one that was a little bit of a miss that i didn't enjoy as much as i thought i would is the x-hex by aaron sterling and i know it gets a lot of love online and i had kind of high expectations people were like oh it's gonna kind of like halloween town meets gilmore girls vibes i i wasn't feeling it too too much it's a little silly and it just wasn't my type of rom-com or maybe it was just too overhyped the the vibes were missing for me the one the rom-com that i highly recommend for halloween spooky season is my roommate is a vampire by jenna levine and if you have me on instagram you already know i've raved about this one and this is the last book i'm going to talk about but it was so so much fun and it's exactly what it sounds like as a rom-com titled my roommate is a vampire i recommend going in blind i loved it had a great time with it. And since I finished those and some others that I am not gonna get into, <laughs> I'm kind of done my like Halloween TBR. So Now I'm just transitioning through the books that I bought at the library sale and a couple other thrifted books I had. Oh, and audiobooks. So, if anyone was here for just the Hello Weekend content, we're kind of done talking about that. This is the end of the episode where I chat a little bit more about personal things in my life that I forgot to talk about at the start of the episode. I know this one was a little bit shorter, but I'm not feeling good. And I'm trying to give myself grace and practice what I preach by knowing my limits. But before I wrap up, I do want to talk about... The Accord of Thorns and Roses books, really, really briefly with no spoilers. Of y'all might know I've been trying to get into fantasy books and see if they're for me. And I have been waiting forever through the Libby app to borrow the audiobooks from the library. And about a month ago, I got the Akatar book finally ready. I read it within a week. Well, listened to it through the audiobook. And it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't anything that knocked my socks off. Is that the saying? But it was okay. I am now on book two, which my copy was ready early through the library, so that was very exciting. A Court of Mist and Fury. I'm about 70% done. And I'm liking it better, but it's still kind of like, I don't know, like maybe fantasy books are just too long for me because the beginning really has me. The end really has me. The middle, I'm like, this is just dragging out, like it's not that exciting. I'm like, this could have been written in half the amount of time. The Akatar lovers are going to hate me for that one, but I don't know, that's just how I'm feeling. I love Resand though. He's giving me Damon from Vampire Diaries vibes. I guess maybe that's a tiny bit of a spoiler, but I am very much rooting for Resand. Tamlin can stick it where the sun don't shine. I am, I and have never been, even reading Akatar, I was like, the vibes are not vibing from this man kidnapping this woman and like, what's it called when you fall for your captor? Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, uh, was like Stockholm syndroming her. That wasn't it for me. But anyways, I'm almost done. A Court of Mist and Fury. I think Court of Wings and Ruin is next. We'll see when that's ready through the library. I'm determined to read the series for free, so I will be waiting for my library copies through Libby for the audiobooks. It's been very interesting and hip and happening in my life i also am excited i have on my bookshelf through libby which i'm going to listen to after a court of mist and fury is julia fox's memoir biography i don't know if there's a difference between a memoir and a biography her book about her life which i did not know about julia fox until she dated kanye west and they broke up and i kind of started watching some of her TikToks and was like, you know what? I fucking love this woman. So I'm really interested to listen to her audiobook She's, I don't, I don't know. I just think she's really like herself and owns it and also works the system as a rich, famous person. And I love the way she parents. Like I just, the vibes for Miss Julia Fox. I love it. I love her. I'm really excited to listen to her audiobook, I think it's called Down the Drain. What's going on in my life? I, by the end of the episode, I always feel a little bit loopy, but I really am like feeling the fatigue and I don't know if this was a good episode. I don't know if it wasn't quite what I hoped it would be for the Halloween episode. And I know we already did the autumn and fall bucket list, which was maybe a bit more on theme. But I gave y'all what I had the energy for, and I still was very excited to talk about a lot of this Halloween nostalgia. So I am so curious what y'all are doing for Halloween, or if you have any Halloween weekend or Halloween ideas that I didn't mention here that you think are very festive and fun or traditions that you have. Let me know. I love when y'all reach out on Instagram. Oh my gosh, that's one thing I wanted to mention. I got a message from somebody on Instagram that listens to the podcast who's Boyfriend's parents bought them a bird feeder for their window, a window bird feeder. And that was like the most exciting message I have got in a while because I'm just so happy that some of y'all are jumping on the bird feeder trend. (laughs) Trend. (laughs) Okay, maybe trend that I'm trying to start is definitely not a trend. It's just something I'm enjoying. And i'm in a lot of bird groups that makes me maybe feel like it's a trend but i, I don't think it is it makes me happy that some of y'all are going to be able to be brought joy for bird feeders but that reminded me to say if you get a window bird feeder or one for your garden you gotta be patient it can take like three to six weeks for the birds to find your feeder so don't get discouraged if they're not coming right away it, it does take time but if y'all are feeling the seasonal depression get a freaking bird feeder now, that was my long-winded loop of saying I love hearing from y'all, so message me if you have any fun Halloween plans or if y'all are going to go pull up some 90s Halloween commercials. I hope everyone has a safe and fun Halloween or maybe you're like the kind of person that goes to Halloween parties. I didn't even touch on that because I am not that kind of person and I don't think that will surprise anybody, but if you're going to Halloween parties, have so much fun. If you dress up, oh man, I hope I see some costumes on the Instagram I don't know or even of kids I don't know my friend's kids maybe on Facebook I hope I see some costumes since I don't get trick-or-treaters always interesting to me every year to see what people dress up as because you know there's always some cultural uh relevance year to year I'm sure there will be much Barbie and Ken happening this year I don't know that's not a big part of my life for Halloween dressing up so it is what it is, but I hope everyone has a fun and safe Halloween, Halloween weekend, whenever the heck you're listening to this. This week, I can't remember what we're talking about. I've got it written down somewhere. I can't remember. So that's going to be a surprise for all of us. But new episodes will continue every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am so proud of myself since I picked the podcast back up after I picked myself back up after navigating the early months of boo passing away that I've been consistent. We've been doing this every week. It's a really fun part of my week. I'm in a place and time working on my mental health. We're showing up online, like on Instagram and TikTok is a little bit harder, but the podcast feels fun. It feels easy. It feels comfortable. It feels safe. So this is where I've primarily been existing. And I'm so happy for those of you that like podcasts that get to hang out with me for a little bit and shoot the shit. So until then, I will see y'all next Sunday.